Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. What up, young adventurers? Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I have Julie Smithson. Her personal mission is to inspire and educate people to think act in a socially, economically, and environmentally responsible way. It is through all these lenses as the co-founder of The Metaverse, one of the world's leading virtual augmented mixed reality consulting and product development companies. Julie is leading her teams through project development for multiple industries, changing the way that we educate and design spatially through the implementation of immersive technology with the Metaverse game engine. Also inspired to uh, uh, promote gender equality, advocacy, and inspiration, Julie is uh, the board chair for XR Women, a global community of women working in XR. So without any further delay, I'd like to welcome Julie. hey Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Dylan. Of course. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. I'm I'm excited to have you here and, and, and chat with you all things Metaverse. Um, <laughs> super fun. Um, it's and, a great uh, name, right? That's you, you know, um, uh, oddly topical for the time being, and and where we're headed with everything, which is really cool. Um, and I'd, I'd I'd first like to start out by just learning just a little bit about your journey of like how'd you get into the metaverse? Like, can you give me a little bit of your origin story? Sure, sure. So, um, I guess everybody has the where did you start from? What did you go to school for? Story, mm -hmm. and mine was way back when I went into hotel management, but that's not where I am today. Um, about uh, eleven years ago, my husband Man. partner, uh, yeah. we actually started um, and created the emulator. And if you don't know what that is, it's a see-through touchscreen DJ controller. And that was kind of my entry point into interactive technology. And we actually built the interface for it and the hardware for it. And we sold a bunch of them around the world to amazing DJs. Wow. I think we lost the beat for a second. I'm not too sure what happened there. Um, Julie, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I, I don't, am. The uh, challenges of going live, for some reason it cut out for a beat. Um, and last I heard, you you made the emulator and sold it to a whole bunch of DJs from around the world. If you want to pick up where you left off, please continue. Sure. So that was where we had our gateway into immersive technology and mm. learning all about the software and, of course, how people interacted with technology as well. Yeah. So so that was kind of a, from 2010 until 2014. And then um, right after that, we started uh, kind of took that deeper step into into learning more about virtual reality and mixed reality, augmented reality. And uh, that's when we created Metaverse Virtual Reality Productions. And we became a production house, uh, basically trying different proof of concepts of everything from an AR portal to a VR photo booth. That was one of our bigger projects mm -hmm. that we did some great work on. And so that's kind of, you know, and here we are <laughs> six years later, uh, deeper than ever and in, in multiple different technologies. So a hundred percent. I think it's awesome. It's a fun, actually, I spent years in the hotel business. My family's all in the hotel business. Um, and that's what I got into before I jumped into entrepreneurship and, and all that jazz, which is, which is a really interesting, um, place to kind of jump from because they're, the hotel business, they, they do have their own reality of people coming in, staying in, you create an environment, you're trying to create a culture and an identity and people and 
And um, do you feel like there's been any ways that the hotel experience, hotel management has served you in creating um, the Metaverse company? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about serving other people. And, mm. you know, in some countries, you have to go and join the army to be, you know, to have debt to your country and, and that sort of thing. I, I feel like everybody should be in the hospitality industry to learn how to communicate, you know, with others and, and serve others. There's such mm. great skill sets that are, are learned within within that industry from multiple different perspectives. So absolutely, yes, I've carried everything with me. Yeah, the, the hospitality industry, you really learn to be of service to people and you really learn how to handle those situations where there's conflict and you have to manage expectations and, you know, limited, limited resources. So uh, that's, 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 it's an interesting um, path. And I just, I rarely hear that path. So that's why I was like, I was like oh, it's, it's, it's similar. Um, yeah. What about- and that's kind of, that's kind of where it's taken me on the journey of producing events and working mm. with the client and being very detail oriented when it comes to producing technology projects. And, and that's, that's exactly what I do today. So lifting all of those skill sets into my day to day as a production yeah. manager is a yeah. hospitality role too. Yeah, let's, 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 let's talk a little bit about that. So like day-to-day roles, production manager, metaverse, can you talk to just like how do you, like, yeah, what does a typical day of yours look like? <laughs> I, I don't know if anything's typical anymore. Uh, there's yeah, always sure. <laughs> something that comes out from left field. Um, I do have an amazing team right now that we've scaled mm-hmm. quite, uh, quite incredibly over such a short period of time due to some business that we've, uh, we've secured. So my... I have project uh, pr- project manager, um, product manager. I have a 3D artist team. And then, of course, I have sales and marketing. So my role as I have kind of two roles, chief administration officer as well as chief operations officer. And as co-founder, I kind of bring the team together. I run all the meetings, uh, make sure I kind of know what's going on in all the different pieces. But mm-hmm. coordinating these projects is my my main role of making sure that what the client is requiring, what their needs analysis is, what their, mm-hmm. what their OKRs, their objectives, key results, they're translated into terms of satisfaction at the contractual level with these very high level business needs and requirements. So it's a very, it's a very intense position right now as we roll through the, I'm learning the same day as you're learning. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, yeah. that's a little bit about what I do. That's great, that's great. Do you, in terms of, the, I heard that some of the positions, what about design? Is there someone that, mm-hmm. that facilitates the design process? So that's that's a really challenging thing right now because hmm. nobody really knows what what's the best UX and UI for a training module on a machine. Hmm. What you know and even when it comes to marketing when you think about that same question what is the best best UX and UI and then you start thinking about the real estate on a mobile device that we're building these experiences into. We, nobody really has that answer. So we have to work with a client on a few ideas. The storyboard is so important in that process of understanding yeah. the configurations. Everything's built around configurations. So you have to educate the client on you know, what happens if you have a configuration that turns something on or off or red to blue or spins it or flips it or animates it and trying to build that story in your client's 
thoughts so that mm -hmm. they can then bring their brand to it and their idea of what they want. So right now we're a part of that story. We're a part mm -hmm. of establishing that with the client because, and there's a lot of handholding mm -hmm. and we learn together yeah. and we always admit at every call, you know, that we're learning together, you know, and the analogy is we're building that plane as we're flying it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that is you're, you're, one, I think it's great you're doing storyboards. Storyboard is the way that kind of those align those mental models, right? Versus trying yeah. to build a thing, realizing they don't like a thing because the communication from what's in their head to just speaking the words, it's not uh, it's not as powerful as a storyboard. So it's, it's a very powerful process. Yeah. Um, well, even the, even the storyboard is a different mm -hmm. thought process from a three-dimensional level. And this kind of goes back to my our roots of education and trying mm -hmm. to help people understand spatial design now everything we've ever learned before was 2d everything mm -hmm. from two you know papers books computers are 2d and now you're trying to make a design that's three-dimensional and that's mm -hmm. part of spatial computing so taking that step back from virtual reality and augmented reality the core of is it core of it is 3d mm -hmm. 3d models and assets and how they behave and animate and then the ability of having different perspectives in that space. Mm -hmm. And that thought process has never been taught to us before. Yeah, well, the, the, the core difference between 3D and virtual reality is the user, the user's experience, mm -hmm. right? You, you know, like you can play Doom on a computer in 3D, but it's not the same thing as, That's right. you know, embodied running around there holding a chainsaw, whatever. Very much what, so. What, What's going on? So that, it just adds that nuance of the of the situation. Um, what was like your like magic moment in VR? Did you have a like a like a mind blowing moment? Like a oh my gosh, this is incredible to kind of shift you into this area? Yeah, yeah absolutely, I do. Uh, I remember it. It was just uh, it was February of two, 2020, and I was in the Engage space for the educators in VR conference that was uh, hosted by Daniel Dervosky Bryant and uh, Laurel Van Fossen. Um, and there was a week long conference of just teaching people about stuff in VR and how to mm -hmm. how education was changing. Mm -hmm. And my husband and partner and I were sitting on a couch in our avatars being interviewed by Daniel. And we were sitting on the moon in a conference center and at the end of our interview, because we were on stage, mm -hmm. at the end of the interview, Daniel came over to me with his avatar and he high-fived me and shook my hand. And Daniel was in the UK. Yeah. And the feeling of vibration that I got after spending that hour with Daniel and all the people in the audience and my husband on my, the side of me, feeling that vibration of connection between myself and Daniel was that wow, that was, you know, like, who cares that we were on the moon? Who cares that we were in front of everybody? But that that actual touch that we could feel in that space together was was a really incredible moment to realize the power of that technology. Yeah. And then exactly right there is what, what, what I, was, I was mentioning is the fact that it wasn't um, necessarily being in a 3D space. It was the interaction and that social connection you made while you high five somebody yeah. Right. It's not that it's not a 3D world. It's not a model. It's not that it was you interacting with somebody else and giving them a high five yeah. inside that space. That is that is it is not 
uh, a typical design patterns that you 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 build out when you're when you're laying out the groundwork okay. for doing you know uh, a storyboard. Then he's gonna high five them, and then this thing happens. It's 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 not the same. So that's mm -hmm. that's awesome. So yeah. how did that how did how did that shift? like what your actions and the next steps that you took and ultimately like the direction of the company. Sure. So, you know, that, that was a community that we were always a part of. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, today I still go and visit friends or sometimes events, you know, in these different spaces, um, metaverse, the journey that we took after that is in June of 2020, we launched our 3d web game engine, the metaverse mm -hmm. game engine. Um, which is a code optional editing program to deploy interactive and immersive experiences directly to the web without an app. So we are a game engine, uh, very similar to Unreal Engine or uh, to Unity, those types of game engines. Uh, Metaverse is its own game engine. So continuing that journey of, you know, from Mars, I guess, from the moon or wherever we were, um, you know, into the game engine. Uh, it's been about education, right? Yeah. It's, it's a continuing journey of education and realizing that even through our engine and teaching people how to use it mm -hmm. comes back to that. We need to teach 3D spatial design and how, how, you know, the elements of textures with technology and animations and all of these digital components that, you know, long avoided by some are now integrated into multiple different ways of experiencing these technologies that are replacing processes and, mm. and you know, training elements or uh, marketing strategies, shopping experiences. Um, so our engine offers that no code or low code solution that invites everybody to be a part of that creation process. Sure. Yeah. And it's funny whenever you, uh, as you're describing me, it's, it's one of the very few technologies when you go to describe it, it often sounds like you're describing a dream to somebody, you know, it's like I was in the moon and then this happened and these things, it's just, it's, it's super fun. Um, and, and so you were talking about, so it's a primary, it's a game engine and, mm -hmm. then, and then it allows for people to, you said low code or no code. So do you have some sort of like WYSIWYG kind of, editor. um, yeah, we have an and, editor. And, and, yeah, an authoring tool that allows you to kind of design it out and lay out the elements and then deploy it and then deploys to the web using mm -hmm. like three three GS or three three GS, three GL. I can't remember what it's uh, WebGL. WebGL, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um and so uh and so then people can get into it and then if they want to make like edits on the system or additional things, they can then use some sort of additional modified code system. Like, it's not even you just go back into the editor you mm -hmm. basically make those changes publish right away and it becomes live right away so there's no waiting for for app process right that's, awesome. and that's that's the Did, that's the game changer in mm -hmm. webxr yeah that's awesome so then and, and so it, it publishes to the web does it also publish to then headsets can they use it can you go in with a headset to like a like uh, not yet. Uh, mm -hmm. It is in our development timeline. Cool. And uh, yeah, it was 3D, 3D uh, web on mobile was mm -hmm. our first business, uh, you know, priority in timelines. There's yeah. 7 billion 3D enabled devices around the world. So we're going for yeah. we're going for the majority of what everybody has. Whenever anybody makes a feature request, yeah, I mean, it's so it's, you know, one sentence six months of development you know it's like it's like it's like that so i 100 percent get that and it, it makes a lot of sense can you talk to me just a little bit about your personal mission um through like to inspire and educate through socially economically and environmentally responsible ways 
Like, can you talk to me a little bit about that and then how that actually is, um, how that shapes your day-to-day -day interactions? Sure, sure. So um, I guess going back uh, to about 2014, my daughter, she was nine years old at the time. And uh, again, my husband and I, we've, we've had several companies. We've uh, been entrepreneurs for a long time. Um, but when my daughter was nine, she came home from a coding entrepreneur camp and said, she made a comment about my, my feet. She said, mom, you have ugly tan lines. Why don't they make sandals that have, you know, hearts on them or something so you can have a heart-shaped tan line instead? And I said, well, they just don't make them. That's so yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, so then she said, okay. And she ended up designing them. We produced them. She created her own company. She was the youngest CEO for a particular time when she was 10 years old in Canada. Um, and uh, yeah, we produced uh, over 2,000 pairs of shoes. She went to Las Vegas shoe shows. Uh, we sold them in stores for a bit and uh, did a bunch of TV shows. She did a fundraiser for them uh, and she ended up producing these shoes. So through that story of my daughter becoming an entrepreneur, we actually, we learned a lot about what she, as in her generation, needed to do as we saw this technology evolving and quickly shaping the future of, of how we were going to live and work and, you know, what the future skill sets were going to need to be and, and what they weren't teaching in school as well, right? So uh, we started to come up with this concept of a, a Unlimited Awesome Academy. Uh, where, you know, people would learn perseverance and, and, and mindfulness and, uh, you know, all the things that make, um, make up a, a good feeling and giving back to the community and, and, you know, being able to shape their ideas into projects and, and things like that. So really helping that entrepreneur, entrepreneurship journey mm -hmm. uh, with, with our daughter and creating that program. So it's been in the works as far as trying to build a curriculum around it, but we have a framework for it. Um, integrating the technology into the academy is kind of that next phase because, and we're almost there as we're starting to shift into how we need to change um, education to teach mm. the skill sets that are going to be required to have jobs that aren't replaced by AI and robots that, um, you know, you need these creativity skills that uh, they don't teach as much in schools as they should to be able to deploy those in, in, a, in a way with all of the technology that's out there. That's awesome. So just so I understand the timeline, when did she, when did she start the shoe company? What was, how long when she was, was nine. When she was nine. How, how old is she now? Was, uh, so she's 17 on Saturday. Got it. Got it. Oh, man. Teenager. Yeah, wow. So she can drive a car. She's becoming an adult. Yeah. That's, that's, it's pretty that's... scary. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's great. And you know what? Uh, out of that experience, you know, we don't do it anymore. Um, yeah. It's something that we, st she stopped it a while ago. It was, she wanted to get back to her, you know, her friends in her school. Um, and it was, it was a time where she was on TV uh, quite a bit because of what she was doing. And she had meetings, business meetings, and she, she kind of missed a bit of school because of it. She was on this entrepreneurship journey. So, wow. uh, so we have a few, quite a couple of pairs still in the garage um, as far as stock goes, but mm. she has learned about entrepreneurship and she also experiences very much our business as we run our business, obviously from our home over the last year. She, and beyond that, um, she's learned a lot of entrepreneurship skills within our family.
That's awesome. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's crazy. I was uh, I was at my best friend's house yesterday, who I work with, and I got to hold his eight day year old baby, and my hands was like like this about this big, and that that baby had like locked on eyes to the mom. She was just like just staring in the eyes. It was just like like almost you could feel like like a like this super tight connection. And it was amazing. It was very like you know there's like completely dependent, right, mm-hmm. and connected. And to think that at some point that baby is going to develop an identity and separate and then, you know, you know, go off and date boys and drive a car and go off and do their own thing. And <laughs> it's an incredible like transition to to watch that um, path from there all the way to what you're what you're talking about right now, um, which is amazing, kind of like a business. Um, but how do you, how how do you, how do you balance out? So you, so you're, you're, you and your husband work together, right? You guys together, right? Mm -hmm. How do you balance out the family life and the relationships? And then the, cause a lot of people say you should never be with someone, your significant other in business. And that, by the way, my fiance, I'm in business with her too. So I am, I'm asking from personal curiosity. (laughs) Um, how do you, how do you balance that out? How do you balance out a family life? How do you make those decisions? What is what does that what does that look like? Sure. Uh, so my husband and I have worked together for just over twenty years. Um, so most of our married life, we've been working together too. So um, it, it's not easy, um, but it has been a journey. I say that we've figured it out. Um, mm. You know, we we know when to turn it off, when to turn it on, when to talk about certain things, when to talk about certain things in front of the kids. Um, they're older now. So we, I've got two girls. Um, they're older now. So at this point, they hear mostly everything. They, they know everything about our journey of being entrepreneurs, the different businesses, the, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the everything. So, um, we're a pretty close family in that respect. Uh, how do I balance everything? Um, I, I do walk my dog about three times a day, two times a day at least. And that's my, I have to do that just to get out of the house, disconnect, as we all know, you know, even if you're in your house now, my house is my work. So it's, I'm always present. Um, nature is my solitude, solitude. Um, I live near Lake Ontario. So, you know, only down the road, I, I do venture there too. Um, it's about making sure I recharge and, you know, when, when it's time to do that, then I definitely do. Um, Mm. you know, and when it comes to marriage, you know, some days it's like, okay, you stay on that side of the house, I'll be over here. Or uh, you just read each other, you know, now it's like, you know, oh, I know what kind of mood you're in or hey, let's go, you know? And uh, yes, we do spend a lot of time together, but there's always a boundary, right? Sure. There's always a personal time. Well, yeah, and there's, but there's even less when you work together and and you play play together and all that stuff. And just thinking what I've noticed, when it's good, it's great. And when it's bad, it's terrible. Because you have your, all all of your eggs are in one basket. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. And you know we're both co-founders of yeah. this growing team, and you know we're scaling very quickly. So yeah, there are, you know there are daily stresses, and we just have to talk them out. And luckily, mm. we have a very healthy, strong relationship that we're you know we know how to communicate with each other now. So it's uh, we're in a good place. <laughs> That's awesome. What uh, do you? So you you say you know? Is there any? 
hard and fast rules that you guys um, developed when you were starting out or things like that? Like, okay, if this happens, I know to do this or that, or any, is there any rules of thumbs you would get from uh, uh, someone that is in a position behind you that is coming up um, and building a business with their significant other? Um, I think that everybody goes through cycles, right? Mm -hmm. Women have their cycles, just like men have their cycles. And as soon as you can read them and figure them out, they have a pattern. And there's always a week in a month where it sucks, right? Like you just don't feel good and your body's doing its shift or whatever. And if you can time those days where you just know or the, that week when you just know, then don't plan anything that's so intense over those days. Or, you know, just remember that that time is just not the best time for you guys and plan for those times separate so that it strengthens the other three weeks. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so like, look for the bad patterns, understand, don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't push while you're in the bad pattern yeah. and then just kind of just like, wait, wait for the timing to, yeah. to kind of get back in. Yeah. yeah. And don't push on the triggers, right? Like when you know that something upsets them or makes them emotional or anything like that, try and stay mm -hmm. away from those conversation. And that's one of the challenging things. Cause you know, I'm dealing with a lot of things at my desk and, you know, being able to go and tell him about something that happened in my day, I have to be careful how I say that or else he might get upset or if it's something that he doesn't like, or, you know, if it's challenging me, then it becomes a challenge to him because he's feeling it through me. So anyways, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's the reality. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's real. And it's, and it's, it's passing energy. And if, if you only, if, if you're all like, I've always noticed like, if you're all like sunshine and butterflies and you don't talk about that, it's like, okay, you're hiding something. Just like yeah, there's something you know, but it, but it's really people get in fights, people get in arguments, but that's yeah. life. Like that's yeah. that's the whole piece of it. Yeah. And so, um, I, I think it's great, and thank you for sharing that. I'll I'll mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll reflect on that as we as we go through this. Sure. What? So looking at like virtual reality, XR technologies, the game engines, all that stuff. Like, what excites you about the future? Like, what excites you about this technology? Is there anything that like pops comes to your minds of like hopes and dreams with what uh, with how this technology can be used? Sure. Um, I think, you know, I, I've been exposed to all the different technologies from VR mm. to AR and the glasses mm. and all sorts of things. And I still think that we're a ways from, uh, from VR being so mainstream that everybody's popping that on their head. It's, it's mm. not, it shouldn't be introduced that way. It should be, you know, one off one hours here and there to meet with people or to understand something, to comprehend something. But VR is to me is not something that you, you want to go into a room or, and just be in VR all the time. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a short term, it's a short term experience thing. And then you come back and you do your work and you know, whatever that is. Um, what I think I'm most excited about is seeing how education is going to change because it needed to. And COVID really threw that into everybody's faces of, you know, education needs to change people. It's got to go this way or, you know, because that's the way the future is going. And, and I know myself, I'm dealing with enterprise companies who are mm -hmm. developing these these, you know, using our technology or developing, using these technologies, and they need skill sets now to start making more. And our, our education system isn't even close to, to preparing these kids for coming out of school. So, you know, I, I feel it for, for my kids, my 17 year old, who's going to be graduating next year into 
you know, whatever that is, you know, luckily she's got a good head on her shoulders. She'll figure that out. But, you know, thinking about how education needs to change, it is. And in the backbones, I can see all the things kind of starting to happen when it comes to, um, you know, uh, just approaches on education and using the different platforms, collaboration platforms, trying to uh, figure out new the soft skill sets that need to be taught to make sure that the immersive technologies have that benefit of of people being able to communicate inside these technologies and really honing in on on those soft skills. So I think I'm most excited about seeing education change and then empowering kids with technology so they can become creative. And that's what we need most of all is for these kids to to you know graduate knowing that their their creative minds matter and it can be a part of any process that's out there and in the industry we need creative now because it's all about the user design and interface when it comes to training or a marketing experience you know everywhere you're at it it's all about the attention economy now the attention mm -hmm. economy and trying to to take those 10 seconds from this person before they move on to the next right so cr the creative process becomes so important in this in the future of the skill sets that are out there yeah the so the attention economy which i'm is primarily with marketing like eyeballs online things like that it's like can you can you are you able to hold the attention and, and create that and is, is that what you mean like so like attention mm -hmm. economy is around so what's the economy of that? Is that I because you're marketing, you have more eyeballs. Eyeballs create is a natural wealth behind it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and the statistics and the anal the uh, analytics that are behind that now, whether it's heat maps or mm. it's decision making, all mm. of that will be read by that experience. Mm. How does the how is the uh, attention economy altered? Um, going into virtual reality and XR technologies, like what is it? What is the evolution that, that the attention economy takes by by going through those mediums? Well, uh, this is where they're, you know, the best practices and the, you know, the conglomerate of marketing spam could happen, and and you know, where are those best practices and yeah. and making sure that you're not spammed by you know, signage and flashing this and links here and there and there. Um, that's, that's towards a dystopian future that nobody really wants to figure out how they're going to make it because nobody wants it. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> well, well, Facebook wants it. Uh, so they they uh, they definitely want it. I, I think recently they made an announcement that they're looking to do ads inside of the VR experience, which sounds pretty uh, dystopian, painful, mm -hmm. uh, to, to go through it. Um, yeah. and I know that recently, um, Facebook said they're going to be shifting away to being more of a metaverse company than a social media company. Um, it's one of their, their intentions. What, let me ask you a question. How on that note, how would you recommend or suppose people, um, uh, market to people in virtual reality without that spammy taste hmm. um i think first of all it depends on the event you know it depends on why are they coming to you you know mm -hmm. if it's a concert or is it a training or is it a marketing experience um people want first of all people want experiences mm -hmm. you know even when it comes to giving my niece a birthday present 
you know, instead of giving her money, I bought her outfits for her avatars in Fortnite and all of her friends got the same avatar, right? And they got to play a game together wearing all the same avatar outfits. And to, you know, in that respect, it's an experience. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with everything else. It's just, we're gonna start to see more concerts and things that people can do with other people. So if you can create an immersive experience that, you know, brings people together for a window of time, give them a good experience of seeing somebody else in that experience at the same time, yeah. you know, that's, that's meaningful because it doesn't have to be the person in the same room with them. They can invite somebody from around the world to join them in that same space. Yeah. It's so funny. As you said that, uh, I, I have a comment that's just dropped through the feed here that I, I don't know if this person's asking a question or if they're literally spamming us while we're talking about spamming <laughs> activities, which is pretty funny. Uh, TVIRK, here, I'll drop it in just of the, the sheer interest. Um, uh, so apparently TIVRKZIL1215, solid, <laughs> solid handle. Says, so want to become famous? Buy followers, primes, and views on bigfollows.com. Uh, so is it, would you consider this to be an example of, of spamming activities or adding to an experience? What, what lessons can we take from this, this gift that we've been given of this comment? <laughs> Is it? Uh, yeah, I, I think where, where the user experience is going to mm -hmm. be uh, able to control that, first of all, is uh -huh. if there's a nice little X in the top corner <laughs> to close that out um, or a blocking uh, spam blocker or something like that. Um, you know, from the perspective of a marketer, yeah. I think... Again, it, it comes with a takeaway. It comes with that memorable experience mm -hmm. uh, of creating something, whether they can share a photo of them in that experience. You know, a sharing ability is, is a very powerful thing, whether mm -hmm. they share it in Instagram or they share an email to their boss to say what they did. Um, you know, being able to share something, that's, that's a key component. And, uh, you know, selfies are the best, of course, because they're in them. Uh, yeah. But if they can share what they're doing, that's that's your modus operandi because you can find out how many shares that you have. Yeah, selfies. Yeah, and one of the there's with augmented reality, there's a couple of primary like real value add use cases like you know collaboration and data overlays and things like that. But one of the best ones is the filters, like the Facebook filters, the TikTok filters, all these different filters mm -hmm. that they have, uh, yeah. because it really takes you and you get to play with yourself and. and Humans are inherently selfish. Um, sure. We like they like seeing us, and we like seeing photos of us, and we like sharing photos of us. Um, and you know, at the same way, you you feel like it's a piece of yourself. Like then that's the you know, there's it's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Mm -hmm. um, but so if you can help someone enhance themselves um, and give them an experience that enhances themselves, that's the best way. That's so right. maybe maybe if T V I R K Z R L twelve fifteen. Um, can uh, have that as a, as a possible lesson is how can they turn that into more of an experience that can help the people share more of themselves in a way that, um, yeah, or just good. even, even having a travel portal, right? Mm -hmm. So augmented reality can do a whole bunch of different things you know, mm -hmm. not just about the person, um, you know, you can open up a travel portal now and move into another world or see thing, Easter egg type scavenger hunt things. It's all about mm -hmm. gaming too. Mm -hmm. yeah, what's your, well, yeah, what's your favorite thing when it comes to augmented reality? Are there, are there things that you use that you find to be fun or valuable or insightful or helpful? Or how do you use 
augmented reality in your life and world besides producing it for other people? Mm -hmm. Um, so face filter fun, you know, I think everybody does it. My kids and I, you know, back and forth and trying out different face filters and stuff. Um, I think, one. yeah. And measuring, uh, you know, I've done that before I've, you know, measured a wall. Um, you know, if there's oh, wow. a couple of, uh -huh. you know, if mm -hmm. you're looking to see if there's enough space for something, then those types of, you know, applications are really useful. Uh, mm -hmm. Other than that, just, you know, odd games and things like that, when you can start to see the animations, um, you know, take, take hold in your, in your world. And mm -hmm. if there's something that you need to catch or whatever, then we have fun with that. Yeah. It's, it's a balance between work and play. Uh, what, so on your, on your day to day, I mean, um, being an, an entrepreneur and a mother and uh, a mentor to an entrepreneur and all the things that you go on, you probably face a lot of difficulties and challenges um, along the way. How, how do you, how do you armor up for the day? How do you keep yourself, how do you keep yourself sane? <laughs> as, yeah, as you that's balance a big all these question. Yeah, yeah, it is. You can bite, feel free to take small bites of it and, and or expand upon it. Um, sure, sure. But, uh, uh, breathing is first. And I don't mean just regular breathing. I think, yeah. you know, whenever I do feel stressed and, you know, I've had a couple of moments in the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm going through a lot of development with the projects that I'm working on. And there's times where I just go outside and breathe. And it's it's a meditational breathe. It's like, okay, I got to get more oxygen to my brain to think clearly and calm down and, you know, not get caught up in, in the stressed moment so that I can think clearly to a decision. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, you know, that, that to me is the only way <laughs> to kind of overcome the overwhelming, uh, you know, exponential growth that we're, we're all going through right now. Yeah, it's, it can it can sometimes feel like we're on a rocket ship, you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I often or or like a shooting star. I often think like <laughs> people like look at the shooting stars, like say if they look at you or someone else, like oh that looks awesome to be a shooting star. But then from your your perspective, you're you're traveling three thousand miles through space on fire, you know. Yeah. Ah! So, you know, nobody see it. Nobody hears the screams. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. Nobody, nobody hears you screaming in space. Uh, no, no, good. No, no. That's so good. That's right. Yeah. So, but, so, uh, yeah, Go ahead. that's beautiful. Um, so looking at this and like, ultimately, like with everything you're doing, do you have like a Holy grail, like a thing that you're seeking, like ultimately with the company and everything else that you're doing, is there a uh, big vision in game for you that you're like, you want to plant your, your flag in on top of a mountain? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, metaverse, uh, game engine, uh, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we are raising money. We're a startup. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's one of the, the things and, you know, the future of where our game engine is at, you know, we're looking for different opportunities that are out there. So if anybody's interested, please reach out. Um, so that's, that's the, you know, that major goal, but the bigger one is to, to help people understand more about this technology and trying to translate the education of, of a lot of what we're doing. So, yeah. So then, so the big goal is to, to is to, to use the engine to, to take the, education pieces and translate it into this, this the better medium. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. making spatial computing available for everyone and that mm -hmm. it's not, you know, so that it's not so technically challenging, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for somebody coming from a hotel management perspective, right? <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I really do. Uh, yeah, totally. What, um, what, what do you think is the, the big dragon that you don't know if you can face, you don't know if you can overcome um, from this, like from what you're trying to do? Because generally you have this big goal and there's something that's like stopping you from achieving that goal. What, what do you think that might be? I think the only thing is just the unknown of how fast things change right now and how mm. many things are changing in the industry. Uh, who's buying who? Uh, NFTs, for example, you know, all of a sudden a big conversation, but six months ago, nobody even knew what the NFT acronym meant. Uh, non-fungible tokens, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that. so uh, it's the the speed at to which the information is being mm -hmm. thrown at us to understand and comprehend, and then understand how you know even right down to chips are changing in that processing power, um, and then what does that mean for latency issues? You know, on mm -hmm. how fast experiences happen. Trying to understand and comprehend all of that is my biggest challenge is staying on track of that technology and coming onto a podcast like this and not knowing what happened this afternoon <laughs> because the yeah. news is coming at us so fast right it it, it 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 does go a mile a minute so like the real the real dragon's the unknown right how quickly yes. we, we spin and turn and go quickly and, mm -hmm. and and those nfts man that 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 to me feels like a giant hype train I don't, I don't know, but it just, and maybe people say that about XR technology. Maybe that, maybe people, um, maybe. Uh, but I drank, I drank the Kool-Aid on the XR technology a long time ago. So I'm, I'm pretty into it. The, the whole NFT space though. I just, you know, do you, I mean, how do you feel about that stuff? And like, what do you, what, what's your take on, on NFTs? Do you think, do you, do you think they're in, do you think it's really valuable? Is it just, is it a, what do you think? I think, yeah, I think it's, first of all, it's going to jump into the blockchain uh, mm -hmm. train, right? It's part of that blockchain train of transparency. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you're talking about, depending on which industry you're talking about. So if you're talking about artists, you know, artists who have created something and, you know, they want to make sure that it holds its value and they want to tie their name to it. This is an excellent way for them to be able to, to, you know, uh, hold that value. And I guess I, I I'm still learning. Just so you know, I'm still not an expert in this, but I do know that when you sell a painting that somebody has made and mm -hmm. then they go and sell it to somebody else and they go and sell it to somebody else, that artist only gets paid that once. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's real yeah. life right now. Yeah. NFTs, once you lock an NFT onto that, every time it's sold, that artist can have a little piece of that sale. And why shouldn't they? They created it. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's going to evolve and it already has um, in so many different ways. And uh, I see just if you think about it more as a transparency, mm -hmm. uh, a transparency tool mm -hmm. um, to hold something's value and then how it travels along and how you, you know, you see it in this world of ours and what I call the technosphere. The technosphere. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm gonna write that one down. I don't think I've heard that one yet. That's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, and I see them all colliding together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this, this all this technology. It's like it's not the end. It's just different pieces put together. How do you how do you how do you see all these pieces working together um, in in this whether utopian or dystopian future? 
What's what's your thoughts on like how these technologies blend together into a thing? <laughs> Boy, this is a big question. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I guess maybe coming back to our uh, technosphere model, yeah. right? Yeah. You, yeah. you know, we had our biosphere and and uh, ecosphere, and now this is our technosphere, and we're all connected. So this uh, this technology, like NFTs, will become part of that transaction process within an experience. If you mm -hmm. if you go into a V store. Um, which is another one of the models that we're creating right now. We're going into a V store, and I see you're probably looking to ask me Vir what a V store is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Please, <laughs> please follow up. Okay, it's a virtual store, right? Okay. You can go into an experience, whether you know on a mobile phone or you know an immersive mm -hmm. experience. We're building them right now on the mobile phone, um, and you can look at products and you can see how much they are, or you can look at art and see how much they are. But there's an NFT. Uh, technology that's tied to that. So when you buy that, then the NFT goes with you and you put that in your wallet. Um, mm -hmm. That will carry with you and you'll start to have this digital wallet that you'll start to have the ability to make transactions with, whether it be a pair of, you know, something from Prada or it's a Hummer V, whatever, whatever it may be. So mm -hmm. um, it, it'll be linked up with those transactions that you'll be able to have inside these experiences. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard a lot, a lot of talk about these uh, NFTs and this virtual world and how they all blend together. Uh, mm -hmm. To me, it always feels a bit like a cult trying to get you to buy into the religion. That's, that's why I constantly, like like cryptocurrency, and there's certain ones that are valuable inherently, like, like Bitcoin or Ethereum. Mm -hmm. they, 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 those ones make a lot of sense because it, it has so much mass. But I always feel like these different NFT people, it's just these little micro cults. And I I feel bad. I apologize for anybody out there that has an <laughs> NFT thing. But that's just the vibe. I get that now they can, they can make the value. But I'm always trying to, I'm just trying to wrap my head around the value of it. Like with, with XR technology, I can I can get it. You can you can be anywhere, any place, anyone, anytime with all your friends and have a great time together. Like I, that, I wrap my head around that. And I can see that. The way you put it to me, like the transparency, it being useful, mm -hmm. um, and 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 the people that originally create the art, so it's great for the artist. So those two things do inherently make sense to me. I'm just always curious, like how do you how do you build an economy off of something like that? How do you get that to to happen? It's a it's an interesting. I don't have that answer yet, but you know, it comes from communities. It comes yeah. from making yeah. things available to purchase as yeah. well. Right. Yeah. And what people see as valuable. It's a little distorted right now, to be honest with you, is that but it'll I think it's going to zero in and it'll start to focus on certain industries a little bit more. Yeah, I'm sure it can. I was just, just curious. It's one of those ones. I'm just like, I don't fully understand this. And you're right. Being a, at the edge of technology, like trying to understand it, it's it's you feel like you have to it's part of your job is to is to know all the technologies and they do come out really quickly and so and and but talk about a community that is valuable that is applicable um i want to shift the conversation uh to women in xr mm -hmm. talk yeah. a little bit talk, let's talk a little bit about that how you got involved in that um i don't know necessarily if i can join it but it sounds pretty cool so <laughs> i i'd love to let's can you talk to sure. you about the women xr and your role in it yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just to clarify, it's XR Women. Uh, you can find oh, us on XR, XRWomen.com. Uh, that's how you can kind of track us all down. So uh, just under a year ago, so call mm -hmm. it, uh, it was about October, November of 2020, uh, a group of women, uh, myself, mm -hmm. we got together and we started saying, we need a place to meet each week 
and you know just talk to each other and help each other understand everything that's going on in the in the ecosystem and of course we're under a pandemic and lockdown and everybody you know started to uh, join that uh, and we formed XR Women, there was four of us that co-founded it, uh, Karen Alexander, Sophia Mashasha, and Sarah Klein, and myself, we, say, we sat down and we're like, we're going to do this every week. And so we found a home in the Verbella campus with iLearn, the Immersive Learning Research Network, where today we have met every Wednesday from 11.30 a.m. Eastern time until 1.30 p.m. Eastern for two hours as avatars uh in the platform and we host educational and community sessions we do speed networking we we talk everything everything from medical to training to next week we have an active shooter uh demonstration preparedness and it's all related back to xr and all mm -hmm. these fantastic women that are doing things in in the space we learn from each other we're a solid community each week uh, 20, we're at least 20 women each week or more, which has been an absolute honor to host all these people that every Wednesday, you know, it's like, hey, how's it going? And it's, it's become more than just a, a meeting We're we're all friends because we meet each other every week. And just so you know, allies are welcome. Allies are definitely welcome. <laughs> yep. And we, we do have men that join. Um, and we, you know, our focus is to inspire and educate and empower women so that they understand the technology and they can go out and do their own thing as well. You know, I appreciate the invite for allies. That's super cool. <laughs> um, I, it's really nice. I, I just also feel there's like, but if you keep it for women, there's probably a lot of safety and the communication changes. I feel like there's mm -hmm. the dialogue probably changes a bit when there's, when it's just only women versus like one guy. Um, yeah, or, sometimes, you know, sometimes, sometimes it does. Like, uh, we try not to, and we don't want to alienate mm. men because mm. we want a balanced workforce. We're not mm -hmm. looking, you know, all the women that join us every week. Yeah, we we we're not. We we just want to find our voice, find our place in in the ecosystem. Uh, we know we belong there, and mm. we want to work with men. So it's you know we don't uh, we don't deny anybody to attend. I super healthy and I, and I think it's awesome. I really do. And it's, it's, you know, I, I, I do like the fact that you open the invite just like, just respectfully. I feel like, you know, it's like there's, there's that safety where you can, you have that energy and then they all get together. You can talk about things and, and, and it's, it's a powerful thing, but it's cool that you open up. You're like, you're not, you're not like it, yeah. inclusion and inclusion for one doesn't mean hatred of the other. Right. That's, that's absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, and we do have those hard conversations. Like you mm -hmm. just said that, Sometimes we do have women that open up and start talking about certain things because they know there isn't a man there. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are challenges, everything from pay, you know, pay wages. How do mm -hmm. how do women get respected the same as other men? And we've that was actually brought up the other week and nobody could answer right away. And we we moved the conversation to a private one. But, mm -hmm. you know, some of these women are having real challenges of trying to find the balance in their own workforce and and then trying to learn alongside everybody else. Right. Yeah. So but we don't close the community off at all. That's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome. And and so then um, so it's 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 every Wednesday at 1130 Eastern Standard Time in yeah. Verbellum. Uh, Verbella. Yep, Verbella. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. the Island campus. The information's on our website. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now it's just a volunteer organization. We're looking for sponsorships. And, mm -hmm. 
and if anybody's listening, uh, you know, one of the ways that we would love to is as women avatars, we talk a lot about the way that we look like we don't have lipstick that we have, can choose from. We don't have clothes that we can choose from. We only have like four outfits that we can play around with. Like, <laughs> you know, this is where a, it would be an amazing opportunity, whether it's our organization or any other for a marketing company to come in and you know, make a, a digital t-shirt with their logo that we could proudly wear in our sessions. Yeah. It's, that's just what, an example of one, you know, sponsorship opportunity that could happen in this new digital world of ours. That's cool. And it's, it's so funny. Cause like, just from a, from a guy's perspective, I've got like eight outfits and like, it's about it. And so <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't pull on my heartstrings, but like, I love that, that you, I was like, you're right. That is a concern that you would have. And it's completely yeah. valid and there's a huge opportunity and and it's it's wonderful so there's someone could step into that and 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 fill yeah. that need because it's it's, <laughs> it's real and it's there yeah. um what message would you give to like see there's like a young a young girl that's maybe not your daughter but someone like your daughter 17 years old wants to get into xr technology um what what recommendation would you give to her um to get into the space? Like what sure. actions would she take and what does that look like? Sure, I, I've actually had a, a young girl come and ask me recently, but she was trying to decide whether to go to university, which they didn't offer at the university she wanted to go to anything about immersive technology. So she was trying to decide, do I go to university just for the sake of it? And then, you know, I've kind of, I've got this part-time thing happening over here. Um, I think, first of all, if you're just starting off in the industry, you've got a lot to learn and join whatever community or follow whatever you, medium you you can to, to learn every day a little bit about XR, whether it's mm -hmm. whatever, VR. Learn all the different mediums, learn, um, you know, how each industry's that you're well or even that you're interested in how that industry is starting to use it because every single industry is using immersive technologies in one form or another whether they're starting to digitize something or they're doing a full deployment of vr training um there's there's so many different things going on so it's it's find your people find mm. those people out there there's the vrara association and they have they have weekly meetings in different industries that's a great community to be a part of um you know just follow there's a lot of blogs and things that are happening linkedin is a great place to learn about xr there's some fantastic people to follow and books to read kathy hackle john bazell just finished writing uh the augmented workforce uh that's a great book as well so i, I think the first and foremost is just find your community, find something that you can start. And that's why we started XR Women, you know, we, and we're taking anybody who can get into that platform with us and join us. Um, even if you don't know anything about XR, just uh, taking that leap into that virtual space is is kind of step one. And then mm -hmm. uh, we can help you from there. But uh, yeah, it, it's it, it is challenging because the education systems don't have these conversations happening in their school, in their classrooms yet, maybe in the college and universities yeah. are starting to, but it's still, it's not, not mainstream. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, on that note, I mean, there's ones that you find the communities, learn stuff, connect, find your place and how you fit into it and how to contribute, mm -hmm. which all that, all that resonates, um, you know, with your daughter. And what do you think that she missed out on school because of the, the kind of the outdated education model? What are the gaps that you felt that she missed out on? Um, yeah. yeah, um, 
I think, you know, seeing her struggle when it came to science, for example, I think, you know, being able to go in and walk inside a human body because you can put a VR headset on and understand like where all the body parts are. Like that's, you know, obviously that's a far away, but it's an opportunity of understanding something visually and immersively that just takes that comprehension to a whole new level. Yeah. And that's what, not necessarily for science, but that whole immersion piece or, you know, dissecting frogs. My daughter couldn't dissect a frog this year because she couldn't get back into school because they were closed down. VR, you can dissect as many frogs as you want because, you know, there's there's programs, XR, yeah. <laughs> XR Victory. Um, they, you know, they've got a program where you can go online and you can dissect a frog. And taking those opportunities of, mm. of the rare instances or those travel transport times, I think that's the piece I wish my kid could have learned with teachers in the educational system to take them on those tours. And that's where education is going. But my kids, unfortunately, will miss that just because of where they are in their life. And it's just not going to happen in time. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. the yeah. I mean, it, the, it keeps flowing like a river. And, and like my grandma has never been on the Internet, which I think is crazy. She's never <laughs> been on the Internet. She doesn't know what the Internet she never is. Never needed to. <laughs> never needed to. Still doesn't. I don't want her to go online because I don't want her to go to like viruses.com and download everything. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there's. It, it, it was, it's crazy to think about that. There's just people still around today that have never used the internet and there's going to be people that still haven't touched any of this XR technology yet, um, but it's going to get more and more common as we go. Mm -hmm. um, what, uh, is there any last things you'd like to let people know about um, before you tell them how they can get a hold of you and find out more about what you do? Hmm. Um, you know, if you if you want to try and learn how to design in 3D or metaverse engine, it's it's free to sign up and uh, just go to metaverse.com and then, uh, you know, register for your free account. You can start to design and take a look at how how you can create that um, mm -hmm. and publish right to the web. And you've got a link that you can you know show your friends uh, taking that step of learning how to design and use mm. use shapes and and textures and colors and things to create your own experiences that's probably the first uh, first thing uh xr women if you want to join uh please do and uh, you can reach out to us uh we've got a great couple of sessions coming up and we've got one about nfts <laughs> on, the tw <laughs> on the 25th maybe you should I, come <laughs> i might attend yeah i might sign up for that one that sounds, that's, that sounds highly educational yeah that's there awesome. you go and there you go actually that one is the nft oasis which is going to be yeah. in the alt space uh world so oh, it's cool. actually a field trip this time we're going to take it to a different platform so, oh, virtual yeah. field trip. That's so cool. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and yeah. if people want to get a hold of you specifically, how, how can they sure. reach out to you? How do they find you? Uh, you can email me, Julie, at metaverse.com. And metaverse is spelled M-E-T-A-V-R-S-E -E, with a capital V-R. So a capital V-R. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Love it. So. Julie, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. I really appreciate your time, Thanks. all your work in the metaverse and, and XR women. So thank you so much. Have a beautiful day, and I will see you in another reality. Thanks for having yeah. me. Absolutely. <laughs> Bye Cheers. now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. 
Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.